What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sons of Legends. It's your boy, Art Dog, here with your homeboy, MJ Gunner. Oh, raise your glass, sit in your chair. It's time to start the, it's time to start the last episode of this year. How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Man, Dog, dude. we go through this every single week, okay? Don't start with me. This is our New Year's Eve spectacular. This is the New Year's Eve episode where we're going to count down our favorite moments of 2018 by category yep. you know what i'm saying and we got the homeboy you know the real shit talker sam spade on the line say what's up to the people what up what up hashtag fuck family dollar let's get it in uh, <laughs> end of the year we're not pulling that shit for 2019 because 18 not. is in the past and we, we got to get this thing cracking, man. Right. Matt, kick it off with what you want us to talk about. And the first category is the breakout star of the year. You you want to go ahead? You can go first, Dob. Okay, what we're going to do is we're going to break this into main roster and NXT. And, and other, other promotions, promotions if you have other promotions. Yes. Alright, so Got I will start with the main roster. My pick for the main roster breakout star of the year might surprise some of you, but I feel very confident confident about it. I pick Carmella. Mm-hmm. I picked Carmella because I really feel that she's coming to her own this year and she's actually had a pretty big year if you wanna if you wanna uh, be completely honest about it, you know. Yeah. She was champion and she did beat Charlotte twice and Oscar, Oscar a twice. few times during that title reign. You know, fuckery, fuckery set aside, you know, she did get the win. And I feel that, you know, as a heel, she does her job. You know, she's the most, one of the most hated people on the mic. And as the face, she really does her job. You know, she, she gets, she makes everybody want to dance and everything. She's very lovable. So I picked Carmella. Sam Spade. One thing about Carmella I didn't like, and it's not her fault by, by any stretch, but she literally went from heel to face in a blink of an eye. Yes, she did. Mm-hmm. But our no truth line behind her nothing. She just, we just next week. Hey, she's a face now. Okay, cool. Our truth can do that though. They I can. think our truth has the the power and comedy gold to make almost anybody a face. I think he can. He could put, they could probably put Baron Corbin with him, and they would be hilarious together. He can make Baron I Corbin be like Elias. His pick is Elias. Why Elias? No, 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 no. I said I want to see him with Elias. Oh, you want to see him with Elias? <laughs> yeah. And what's your my, pick, my, sir? My breakout star of the year is actually Ronda Rousey. Oh, mm, good one. Yep, it's, yep. It's actually Ronda Rousey. I mean, it, it, it just really speaks for itself. You see all the matches she's had all the over the year, and, you know, she's actually grown each match. You know, she hasn't had a bad match all year. No, actually, she hasn't. She's mm-hmm. been on top since she got there. Hasn't really lost any matches. She's been beat up. Actually, she showed up a lot more than we expected. Yeah. We expected another part-timer, and that's yeah. not what and we got. And she had with Italian on Raw. Well, that that was a classic. Good. Yeah, Ronda kind of put Ronda kind of shut my mouth this year, to be honest with you, because I was one of her biggest doubters, and she proved me wrong. She, uh, she well, did. I wouldn't say doubter. I'd say hater, but... I say Gowder, Sam Spade. <laughs> Alright, uh, go ahead, dog. Um, I, I'm kind of torn for breakout star of the year. You know what I'm saying? Ronda Rousey did have a great year she as did. a breakout star. and um, But 
for breakout star of the year, I think I want to go with um, Leo Rush. Uh-huh. I can give you that. I can give you that. Yeah. Uh, Leo Rush showed up yeah. out of nowhere. He pops up on NXT unexpectedly. He comes in, loses a match to Lars Sullivan, and hasn't lost a match since. They paired him with Bobby Lashley, and he's made Bobby Lashley look better than he ever has in WWE, really. You know what I'm saying? Um, I know Lashley hasn't won any belts or anything, but Leo Rush... Hasn't lost on two oh five, and I just I just like him. <laughs> I think I think he's coming into his own, and I think he has a really really bright future ahead of him. Yeah, no doubt. Leo Rush is twenty three year old piece of gold. Art. Yep. All right, yep. Uh, NXT breakout of the year. NXT breakout star of the year. All right, my pick would be Ricochet. This guy shows up. Right directly off the Indies, and he just shoots right up the ladder. I mean, I've honestly not seen someone climb the ranks so quickly as he did. You know, he's having great matches. He's he's been a great North American champion. You know, and he's just really coming into his own this year. He's yes, my he pick. is. He is. NXT Breakout Star of the Year, Sam Spade. Ooh, that's a tough one. Cause I mean, to be honest, I've only really watched. The takeovers and maybe a show here and there, mm-hmm. but with all I've seen, I, it's a tough one. But I'm gonna have to give it to the Dream VD. Man, <laughs> I wish you stopped calling that man VD. My fault. I mean, when he came out with the Hogan gimmick twice, a lot of people don't remember the first one he came oh, out. Oh, my with. favorite was the um, "Call Me Up, Vince." <laughs> Yeah, or when he dresses Prince Puma when he faced Ricochet. Yeah, that was pretty funny too. Yeah, um, and the dude is good in the ring. He is very good. Uh, He's very good in the ring. He is. He is. I, I, I actually worry when they gonna call him up because, as recent memory has shown us, being called up is kind of like a death knell. Yeah, it's it's kryptonite for certain personas, and mm-hmm. uh, Velveteen has that persona that they like to screw over. Mm. Yeah. Could yeah. Be. Well, no. you already know my breakout star of the year is Bianca Belair. Of course it of is. Course. And she <laughs> is still undefeated. So is Oscar. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but hey, Bianca Belair is is a superstar in the making. The girl is athletic, she's strong, she's beautiful, she has everything a champion should have, and she has hair down to her kneecaps. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what she does in the future. All right, that yes. should be a pretty good yes. one to keep an yes. eye out for. That is the... I can't wait until they sign Kiara Hogan, though. Another one of my favorites. I really like her, too. That, that That's wifey right there. <laughs> she can have all my babies. No doubt. <laughs> All right, best mic work, promo cutters. Guess I'll go first. Main roster. The best mic work. Best mic work on the main roster. Mm -hmm. Who had the best promos? Who who cut you deep the most? Mm -hmm. I think would be Samoa Joe. Because to be honest with you, Samoa Joe has pretty much been a promo God as of late. Yeah. I mean, that feud with AJ was pretty much going nowhere until Joe kicked up his promo game. Yes, and, and now he, he's uh, dogging Jeff Hardy, mm-hmm. and he, he's he got under Seth Rollins' skin, 
and all types of things. You know what I'm saying? Samoa Joe has been on mm-hmm. point because he didn't used to talk much. Yeah, and he's gotten really good at it. You know, he knows how to drive the story. You know, he knows how to get uh, get under his opponent's skin, as they say. Right. Right, I'm so, gonna repeat myself. I don't think y'all heard me the first eight times you, I said man. it, but Becky Lynch. <laughs> yeah. Um, who Becky Lynch is promos. Huh? When she when she started hitting that the man thing, she could have said any fucked up thing, and the crowd would have still cheered. Yep, yep. Becky Lynch has been on her promo game this she year. She has been. She said some whole ass shit to Edge, and the crowd still cheered it. And Edge is one of my favorites of all time. Oh, but Becky was doing it this year. This, yeah. It was a toss-up between Becky and Ronda, but Ronda's been doing it all year. Becky kind of kind of got her shine kind of toward the middle part of the year. I think, see, and I was saying that earlier because I kind of wanted to give it to Nikki Bella, but Nikki Bella hasn't been there all year for real. But mm-hmm. the promos that she cut with Ronda gave Ronda promo c- credibility. Mm-hmm. Rhonda didn't have really the timing or any of that stuff down packed, and when she started cutting promos with Nikki Bella, she got really to, good at to it. To be fair, though, Nikki Bella is an easy target to cut a promo on. AJ AJ Lee proved that. <laughs> well, yeah, true that. It's it's just one of those things. I mean, you know, you have literally no talent but beautiful. I, I can't I can't say that. She I ain't gonna say she ain't got no talent. I take that back. You better she not. Has, she's probably the, like in terms of growing overall. I haven't seen a female wrestler get start from shit and become relatively decent since Trish Stratus outside of Nikki Bella. Nikki Bella's oh. great. We get it, but, Yeah, Nikki Bella's great. All right, uh, uh, I'm gonna say my my uh, main roster uh, best mic work this year and for a long time has been The Miz. Yep. The Miz is kind yep. of an obvious choice. Yep. It's yep. it's for a long no, time. The Miz mm-hmm. just knows how to work the crowd. Even when he's trying to turn face with Shane McMahon, the the promos, I mean, Miz TV, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Um, But I really like to give it to The Miz, but I can't. Because our truth man. Uh, truth is comedy gold. Our he's truth is comedy gold. gold, man. Him running around... Said, calling everybody Carmella, <laughs> saying he was going to pin them. Uh, <laughs> calling people the other Maurice. Oh my he God. picks Connecticut for his trip. <laughs> like, our truth is the man this year. And he's oh, really coming man. to this, this. I mean, he hasn't even had that many matches. But he's, All the people remember is his mic work. He's got them side-splitting promos. That's like, this what I like to call them. Make you laugh so hard your side. He cut. said, oh, I can count to 30. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Dance break. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, Our truth I, is, I can't lie. When they do the dance break, I literally t- crack up laughing every time. Because uh, it's funny. Our it's truth funny. Has, like The way they break out and just do the goofiest shit ever <laughs> is hilarious. It is. Our truth has been the promo king this year to me. He need, he, he's number 30 in the Rumble. It's a rumor that they think they'll give it to Shinsuke again, but he need to be at least in the final three. Final four or final three. Something like so that. So he can do the dance least, break. But he needs a title run because he went over 50 now. He needs a title run before he dips. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Alright, NXT best mic work. My pick would be... Tommaso Ciampa. Oh, that's got to be unanimous then. I mean, this guy, he's, he's, the thing of it is, he's not even really saying that much. 
and they still and they still boom out of the building. He can't even get the opportunity to say that much. I've never seen well, I haven't seen in a long time, but he'll work the crowd the way Tommaso Champa did this year. Yep. Yep. Well, we can move on because that's my pick. So. That's everybody's pick. That's yep. issue unanimous. Our first unanimous pick of the night. Good job, guys. All right. Next up is our favorite finisher. Those devastating, those devastatingly beautiful moves that stick in our minds. And if any of y'all say RKO, I'm, I'm hanging up. Well, get ready to hang up then, Sam. God Sam. damn it. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. My my pick for the main roster favorite finisher would be Andrade Cien's Hammerlock DDT. Yep. I don't that know if it's just a preference of mine because I really like this move, but it is. But it looks incredibly devastating. It's complex. It's beautiful. I really, really, really dig that move. That's cool. I like that for the for your main roster pick. But of course, um my main roster pick, which they brung back this year, is the curb stomp. Another my great nigga. one. That's my pick too, my nigga. They brung the curb stomp back this year at a time uh, when I thought that that motherfucker was now. dead. <laughs> I thought the curb stomp was bad. I thought it was illegal. And then him and Doll start feuding and bang, he hits that mug and I jumped up out my seat. I, I, awesome. I love seeing the curb stomp back. Yeah, me too. Uh, curb stomp is one of the most devastating moves, and it's so simple. It is, like... It's so fucking simple. That's probably why they had to stop doing it. I get why they banned it, but I don't really see why they banned it in the first place. Yeah, I don't either, but I am so happy that they let him use it again. Yeah. I did not like him using the pedigree. Yeah, that was kind of whack, the pedigree with him. Uh, Seth Rollins seems complete with this move. He does. It really suits him well. All right, NXT, NXT picks. Yeah, My the, pick. The way he should finish matches, he should do the rolling Falcon Arrow and set that up for the blackout. That's how he should finish matches from now on. It's just Seth Rollins, the, him him having the curb stomp back really put a stamp on it. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, pun intended? Pun intended. <laughs> okay. NXT picks. NXT. Mine is uh, probably an out-of-the-box one. Nobody's really thinking about this move, but it is awesome. That would be the Canadian Destroyer. Oh, yeah, yes, bro. Sir. That was Dakota hot. Kai's flip pile driver thing that she does. I don't it's a, really it's know a flip backstabber. A, flip a front flip back, backstabber. A front flip backstabber. When I first saw her do this move, I'm thinking, eh, there's no way that, that move's making to... it on TV. No way. And then she does it. And I'm like, oh my goodness, they let her use it. Because it's just, it's one of the most beautiful, devastating moves I've seen in a long, long time. And and to add to that, it's also very safe for her to use. It is. The way it looks, it looks like it's going to really, really damage somebody. But right. it's really safe, and I really like it. Right, you know. Uh, I'm going to stick with Kyrie Zane's elbow, because that shit is ridiculous to me. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Kyrie Saints insane elbow has made waves this year, dude. This shit is ridiculous. And uh for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna go unorthodox with it and I'm gonna pick Oni Larkin and Danny Birch with the spike DDT. Another good one, Art. That is a great move. That move came out of nowhere. Because when they first used it, I thought they were going to use like a version of the Magic Killer or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he lifts them on his shoulders and spikes them into a DDT. I was in shock. I was in awe, and I love it. I love that move. It's a great move. All right. Next category is most shocking moment. Oh, I'm going to be the one to say it. Uh, 
ahead. Go ahead. Yep, I'm gonna be because this is the real shit episode, right, fellas? Real it shit. is. Right, I'm gonna be the one to say it. Oh, shocking! Mind most shocking mind. moment for me was when Roman Reigns got up and you know relinquished the, belt. the whole leukemia thing. And yep. that was literally the only time all year, outside of him being with the Shield, that he got cheered. Yeah, and he got he got the respect that he finally deserved. After and it's sad that it took a really bad cancerous illness for him to get that. That it was is. extremely shocking. Yep. Good choice, uh, there, Sam. You heard it here first, folks. I said it, Sam Spade. I said it. He said it. Go ahead. My pick would be Daniel Bryan's heel turn. I legitimately did not see this coming, and if, even if I had seen it coming, I did not see it playing out this a way. A week before WrestleMania. No, it was You're a week right. before Survivor right. Series. Yeah, Survivor Series. Before Survivor Series. That's what I mean, when he fought Brock. Yeah. But anyway, it was just, I just did not expect it, and even if I did, I did not expect it to go over so well. Like, he's getting booed. I did not never in my life expect him to actually get booed, but he is. People can't stand this new hippie version of Daniel Bryan. I think it's awesome myself, but people can't stand it. Uh, I, I, it's hard for me to choose. Mm-hmm. I have three, actually. The first shocking moment was them giving Brock Lesnar the belt back. Yeah, they threw me for a loop. When they went to Australia or wherever they were, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I think it was Saudi Arabia. Uh, and... Everybody knew that Braun Strowman was going to get the belt because Brock had already flopped to Roman. Mm-hmm. And they give Brock they give Brock the belt back and everybody was pissed. I, I was heated. That's all that was. I was heated. My second one was Shane McMahon winning the World Cup. Uh, another bad decision on, on that. That was that was a shocking one. That was just bullshit. <laughs> the crowd hated it. The people hated it. Everybody could not stand this stuff right here. Like I they didn't believe it. I mean, the whole tournament, it's supposed to be best in the world, and yet every last one of the people in it is American. And then you have a McMahon win the whole thing. Everybody in the whole tournament, uh, aside from Mysterio, if you want to count him as being another... Yeah, uh, he, he got American uh, yeah, he's from San Diego. Diego. He got dual citizenship, but he's still American. True, he was born yes. in San Diego. Mm-hmm. That's no. that's true. But yeah, and, and of course, you know, um, Alistair Black getting attacked by Johnny Gargano has to be the NXT Shocker of the Year. I did, did not, not see, see that, that coming. coming. No did way. not see that when I just uh. knew it was Champa. I knew it was something else. So everyone do not see the point of it because Johnny. I just watched his match with Andrade Cien from. Take over Philly today. Johnny Gargano was the biggest face down there. Why would you try to muck that up? I don't Why? know, but that's my NXT shocker of the year. Is Johnny Gargano super kicking Alistair Black? I'm right here. <laughs> yeah. All right. My NXT shocker would be Roderick Strong joining the Undisputed Era. Yeah, that was crazy. Because as if it was not bad enough that the Undisputed Era was running the game anyway, because they were. They've been tag camps all year. And Roderick Strong getting added to them was just. 
another, right, another level cake. for them. Like we all like we all heard that Bobby was out and we're thinking what oh my goodness, what's gonna happen? You know, is it just gonna be Adam and Kyle and then here comes Roger Strong and he just completes them. I think he does. Yeah, he does. He definitely completes them. He turned them, them into a real faction that can really run NXT. And they have been. Yes, sir. All right. Sam Next. Spade, NXT moment of the year. That's shocker. Yeah, one shocking moment of the year. Um, I would have to say how War Games played out. That was a crazy pay per view. It really was. It really was. I I think the way it came out, the you know the way it played out, did not see it come, and it was kind of like, wow, okay. Number one, I expected the undisputed era to win. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. Uh, I didn't expect Velveteen and Tommaso to put on such a show, and they did. Johnny Gargano and Alistair Black was crazy. War Games was a great pay per view. NXT shitting on the main roster every takeover is is, is bad. It's it's getting there. <laughs> it's actually been there for a long time. Yep. All right. Keep it moving. MJ. Most underrated is the category we are on next. The most, most under- underrated. Yes, uh. sir. Mine, you know, it's probably not in surprise to anybody because I said how much of a fan I am of this guy and how he doesn't get the credit he deserves, and that would be our truth. Yep. Truth is pretty much at the top of his game right now, and people still, they, they just won't give it to him. I don't understand it. I mean, he's he's a pretty capable wrestler when you think about it. Very capable. And he's gold on the mic. I don't yes. I don't get it. Why is nobody talking about this guy? Because he's black. You already know the reason. You know the reason. <laughs> I don't want to say it, but Sam Spade, Sam's, the real shit master. Every time he's not he's not pulling no punches tonight. Sam Spade. Uh, none. He ain't no pulling fuck none. Given. Hashtag fuck family dollar. No yeah. fuck given. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sam Spade, give him your underrated superstar of the year. Now, my my underrated superstar of the year is based simply on booking. Mm-hmm. Oscar. Oscar. Because all year she spent in like tag teams. She was she was losing to Carmella. She's been jobbing all year until like she won the um, the title. Yeah. Just at the end of Other the year, that, and, and she kind of only won that because it was a triple threat. Yeah, yeah. I honestly think you know it was more of a whole setting up for the four horsewomen versus the four horsewomen. You know, I, at this at that point, I really think they just that needed a be body. Really. Yep, yep. It uh, better be because if not, we don't have a lot of pissed off people. I have uh, two underrated superstars of the year. Number one, Dolph Ziggler. Dolph. Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler has been multiple-time Intercontinental Champion, multiple-time Tag Champ, multiple-time U.S. Champ, a WWE Champion, I mean, uh, World Heavyweight Champion, and people still don't even pay him any attention. He's he's showing off. He's putting on some of the greatest matches of the year, and nobody even says anything. He made it to the finals of the World Cup Tournament. He brought in Drew McIntyre. And, and he, got overshadowed by Drew McIntyre. And he was one of the he's one of the people keep her all afloat right now. At least he was this year. Yes. My, he's, my, what, he's what I like to call a workhorse. 
He, he is. is. He he is he is so underrated. It is crazy. I don't understand why Dolph Ziggler ain't in the upper echelon, but I I mean I, I don't get it. My second underrated superstar of the year is Bailey. Of course it is. Bailey Damn. has Damn, that hit me right in the heart right there, because I feel for Bailey. Bailey has been down and out the whole year. She was the most popular superstar in NXT, period. I don't I, male or female, Bailey was the most popular person in NXT, period. And she, that's debatable, but I'm not knocking it, but that's debatable. I, she might period. have been one of the most popular. Who's more, who's more popular, popular down popular there, though, Sam? Nobody has been more popular than Bailey ever. Finn Balor. Ever. I think she had popularity she, on Balor. She crushed Finn Balor when it came to popularity. She know, had grown men. The demon crowd went apeshit. They did. Man, she had grown men in hugger t-shirts. I'm a hugger shirt. Yeah, you got one of those, don't you? I do have an I'm a hugger <laughs> shirt. I mean, I got one too with that many. Yeah. That's what I'm just saying. I'm a fan, but that doesn't mean she's more popular than Finn Balor. I believe that she was. I believe that she was, and I believe that since uh-huh. Bailey came to the main roster, she's been put on the back burner for a while now. Oh, yeah, that's that, that, that part definitely true. The, the whole thing with her and Sasha Bailey going to, what was that motherfucking name, the doctor? Dr. Shelby. Same that was a great moment. That was a that, wasted segment. I, I kind of wanted to pick that as my most shocking moment of the year, Bailey attacking Sasha, but it didn't last long enough. Yeah, so, I didn't see that coming. I ain't going to lie. I expected it to be Sasha to be the one to snap, but. Yep, but it is. Bailey and Dolph Ziggler have been put on the back burner and there are two of the workhorses in WWE right now. Do you have an NXT underrated superstar? Now, you see, that one's kind of tricky because down there, they all really shine. They really shine. It's really hard to pick one. I have, I have one. Go ahead. Mine will be the Street Profits. The Street Profits are really, really popular. See, the I Street Profits put them. on pretty good matches, mm-hmm. and they're not even on the show for real. Yeah, I was definitely going to pick those guys. It's either the Street Profits or the Mighty. I agree with you on the Street Profits. I'm going to pick one simply because technically he's back on NXT, Tyler oh. Breeze. Breeze, I thought he I was think back he just the answered roster. the open challenge. I was about to say, I think he was just down there for one match. Because he what answered, he? he answered uh, Ricochet's open challenge, and then he came back to answer uh, Dean Ambrose's open challenge. Yeah, you know, Breeze is working both shows. Yeah, they're they're they're, they're, they're going to be sent back to NXT, which might be good for him. But it probably would be very. But good you're for absolutely him. right, though, on the fact that he is underrated. He is definitely underrated. You picked the right superstar there. So He's one of my favorite. Like when I first saw him, and the interest in was sold me on him from the, not even before I saw any of his matches. The fact that he had these motherfucking chicks come out in these weird ass outfits with these long ass selfie sticks, <laughs> and then here he come with his with his sweet ass theme music and his furry boots and his furry boots and his furry selfie stick. Dog, I'm like, oh, this this nigga is the one. <laughs> this nigga right here is the one. I like Tyler just, Breeze. Just, just one thing. The lady that had on the Statue of Liberty uniform when he came out, that was, that was, and then there was another lady dressed as a taxi cab. A taxi cab, nigga. <laughs> A taxi cab. <laughs> when they did take over Brooklyn, that was, that was, that and, was And then, and then the would be like, yeah, from his seasonal residence in Cairo, Egypt. Motherfucker, what? <laughs> yeah, I think somebody okay. else did 
did that seasonal residence thing. I forget who it was, but somebody... Million Dollar Man did it first. Yeah, it would say somebody really popular did that. Ted DiBiase did that, too. Greatest heel ever. Oh, I would beg to differ. I probably wouldn't. That man that man was pretty I'd beg to differ, dude. I would beg to differ. We got time to spare. Who is a better heel than Ted DiBiase? I want to hear this one. Oh, Vince is the greatest heel of all time. No, Another good one. Vince McMahon is the greatest heel of all time. When he realized that people hated him for what he did to Bret Hart, he became the greatest heel ever. Like he just he, took that role and he ran with a, it. A fucked up situation and turned it into a gold mine. I'll give him that. Vince and Stephanie are like the two greatest heels ever. Stephanie will never get cheered. I don't know why. <laughs> But she won't. She just got one of those don't cheer me voices and one of them don't cheer me personas when she comes out. Well, there, everybody you know, knows she's, she's full of shit. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but it just Think is what it the, is. There have been times she has been cheered, though. I think there, so. There like, was when she was back in her manner, she got cheered. Ted DiBiase was never cheered until he started doing comebacks. Neither was Vince until people realized that he was the owner of the company. After Vince left, I believe after his 2005 match with Shawn Michaels, mm-hmm. and uh, he was gone for a long period of time, people kind of like, you know what? I miss Vince McMahon. That's because oh. he's so much fun to hate. Like, you miss yelling at him and screaming at him. Oh, screw you, Vince. You and all people brothers. think this is funny. <laughs> it's always fun to yell at the guy that makes your life happy. You know, it's always fun to do that. Yeah. Hey, I mean. We'll, we'll save that the thing for next time. Yeah, we'll save that for the next argument. We're going to uh, have to have an episode doing our Best heels and best faces and all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's we'll a, yeah, we got pocket that idea. Right, We're gonna pocket that one. That's a good one. All right, best champions. Who held their belts the best this year? Uh, Main you go roster. ahead. You go ahead because I know. Main roster. My pick would be none other than Mr. Seth Rollins. He had big shoes to fill. You know, with the Miz dropping the title to him, and you know, we all know how the Miz is with the Intercontinental title. You know, he brought it up to another level, in my opinion. Yeah. And if Rollins was not at that level, he was pretty close because what he did was he did the in-ring work with it, while yes. the Miz was doing the mic work with it. Rollins did the in-ring work with it. To Big really up to it up Seth too. Rollins also so, for being the marathon man, having the longest match in Raw history. That's my pick. He's best champ this year. All right. Sam Spade, you go ahead with your best champion of the year. Becky Lynch. Of course it is. I knew he was going to say that. <laughs> Why Becky is Lynch. That? I mean, to be honest with you, outside of Brock Lesnar, no other champion has been that polarizing this mm. year. Um, I'm I gonna... mean, Ronda had the title, but the thing is, she beat Alexa Bliss for it, which was kind of a gimme. Mm-hmm. And the only other, only other person that would give her a legit challenge was Nia Jax that she had, and she beat her. So I gotta go with Becky. Good uh, thing, you know, when she when she won the title the way she did, and she just flipped the script. At first, at first, I was gonna pick AJ Styles, but all his rivalries as he was champion were kind of boring, except for the Samoa Joe one. Mm-hmm. My pick is gonna be Charlotte for the main roster. She started off the year as champion. Uh-huh. She won the belt again in the middle of the year, and she is ending on a high note with a rivalry, probably with the four horse women with Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch and all of those. Uh, Charlotte has 
always been like uh, top notch. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to give it to Charlotte as the best champion of the year. I agree with Sam Spade. I boo the woo. I don't care what y'all boo, but Charlotte's <laughs> the greatest women's wrestler I, I of all time. I, I, uh, I uh, disagree. What you say, Sam Spade? I want to shout out Naomi for most underrated because she's not getting her proper shine either. Yes, Naomi is very, very underrated. She's True. a two-time women's champion, and uh, they end up throwing her in a tag team with Oscar. Um just out of nowhere. But they gotta find something for people to do art. We can't all be on top at the same I time. I get that and I understand that there's only so many top spots and people have to claw and fight their way up to it, but it seems like Naomi's gonna be back on the up and up probably. Do you realize that she's relevant because of Total Divas? Uh, huh? Total Divas made a lot of people relevant, it actually. It did. It made a lot it of gave, people it gave relevant. People... I mean, that's true, but I'm talking about Naomi right now. No one will be talking about her one for Total Divas right now. That's sad. She's really talented. Yeah, she's actually one of the, one of my favorite females on the roster. Yeah, she's super talented. I think, I think a, a triple threat between her, Ember Moon, and Bianca Belair would be my dream match. You just like chocolate, but I feel you. Yeah, that's what <laughs> this I'm saying. Guy here, I'm just saying those are the three most athletic women on the roster outside from Charlotte. I beg differ, Art. I, th- I think they are. I just I think a lot of women are athletic and can get it done. Boss. It's a matter of whether they get the screen time and the push to do it. I'm just saying, man. Ember, Moon, Ember Moon's Eclipse was probably the breakout move of the year. Like, one of them. I mean, them. you gotta remember, Sasha can still go. Bailey That's what I said. Go. You're missing no, one so boss, Art. I'm not saying that they're not athletic. I'm saying that I believe that Naomi and Ember Moon and Bianca are the athletes in that in the divi- in that division. I'm just saying well, like I see I them use a lot of next well, next time as well. Yep, a lot of springboards and flying moves and technical wrestling and you know, nobody does that aside from Charlotte really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel you are I, but uh, we'll save that one yeah, for next we'll time. Yeah, one. Next pop time. another we'll time. Who's your best NXT champion? Because who, who's your uh, best NXT champion? Because this one might be unanimous. Also, um, my pick for the best NXT champion is probably my pick for the best champion all overall. Of, of overall, that would be Mr. Pete, Pete Dunn. Dunn. I knew Pete it. Pete Dunn. The man has held this belt for six hundred and something days. May. And he's defended that title with an iron fist. He's what Brock Lesnar should probably be right now. Just dominate. Yep, Pete I Dunn mean, he is... puts on great matches. And they also got the NXT UK. Yeah. And he's running that. Exactly. I mean, I honestly cannot even tell you who's going to be the one to take it off. Like, not even the person in the horizon. I know I said Zach Gibson last week, and he is my pick. But in that it's going to be Jack the Jobber that's going to beat him. Huh? It's going to be Jack the Jobber that's going to beat him. Jack the Jobber. Who's that? You don't watch uh, What Culture or, yeah, WhatCulture.com? Never heard of it. Okay, we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it Bad later. Joke. All right. Sam Stage, <laughs> your NXT champion of the year. I'm going to go with Aleister Black. Yeah, he's a good one. I mean, when I saw him, you know, beat up on, oh, who the fuck was that he beat up on? Uh, Lars Sullivan you know, and broke Dream. his jaw. <laughs> yeah, he had a match with Dream. Yep. Yep. And that match. match there was like, wow. Match with Lars Sullivan was crazy. 
I'm only give that Ultra Black. And, and that, that, that black mask kick is ridiculous. Yes, it is crazy. Um, you already know what it is, man. Undisputed Era. Those boys been running this tag team division, lost it to Mustache Mountain, and let them hold it for maybe three weeks. Got it right Got back. Got it right back. They've been champs all year. Mm-hmm. And I don't see any end in sight. Nah, me neither. Like that That's probably worse than Pete Dunne. What's crazy goal. about it is the way it started off with Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly being champs mm-hmm. and ended up with Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly being the tag champs. And the question is, which one of those is a better tag team? Like, I love me some Red Dragon. That'll always be my favorite tag team to come from the indies. But does Roddy work better with Kyle O'Reilly? It's looking like it, dude, because they have been unstoppable. They have been. Alright, uh, next category. Uh, funniest moment of the year. I feel r is gonna get some love here. Well, he's gonna get some love from me anyway. Go ahead then, Gunner. Oh, man. When he, he was so calling many. out Carmella. <laughs> he's gonna pin Carmella and win the championship. and win the championship. So everybody else is gonna get their title match. So that's how he's gonna do it. Yeah, so everybody starts, else so got their title match from pinning Carmella. So our truth is gonna pin Carmella and get a shot at the title. So he starts stalking her, <laughs> and then he body slams her off the ca- off camera. <laughs> that's what's up, yo. He did it. Yeah, you guys remember that moment. Yeah, yeah it was that funny. was that was uh, some good stuff. Our truth is always comedy gold, bro. Our truth is like the king of wrestling gold as far as comedy goes. Yes, him and Bobby Heenan will be gold together. <laughs> that our truth has had a bunch of moments, a bunch of moments. All right, uh, Satisfay, uh, what's your pick? My funniest moment of the year is actually something that probably wasn't funny, but I thought it was hilarious. I was dying laughing, and I've watched this clip at least 40 times in the last two months. And when Elias and Kevin Owens got booed out of the building in Seattle. (laughs) Oh, Oh, man, I hear they almost started a riot. I mean, they was literally about to start fighting. The line that really did it was when he said, it just makes no sense. Like Seattle having a basketball team. Oh, man, that was a riot. That was going to be a riot in the streets. When, when, when the crowd started booing, and he looked around and was like, I might have fucked up. <laughs> and then he said, fuck it. And he kept going by saying, now, Oklahoma City, now that I understand. Like, oh, he went deep. Because that's where Seattle ended up going. Their team ended up going to Oklahoma City. Yeah. That shit fucked me up. But the line that Renee said, because I'm a basketball fan, that shit threw it over the top for me. No respect for dead left shrimp. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, damn, you know who the fuck he is? That's what's up. Oh, my goodness. That was was great. All right, all right. I actually have two. My first moment was Kevin Owens running into the porta potty from Braun Strowman <laughs> and getting caught in there. <laughs> Braun Strowman knocked on the door and like, anybody here? <laughs> oh yeah, that shit was pretty funny. And then he wrapped it up and threw it off the stage. Hilarious. Mm. Now this one just happened, but it's still so funny to me. When Biggie was staring at Daniel Bryan eating a steak while they were calling the SmackDown meeting. <laughs> oh, man, just, the new day can do no wrong. He is just staring at him eating a steak. <laughs> that is hilarious. He said not a word, but he was just looking at Daniel Bryan standing next to him. 
and he was sucking on the steak. I'm not gonna lie, I missed that one. Uh-huh. All you gotta do is go back when Shane was saying that he was taking Paige off from being general manager, and that SmackDown was gonna be, you know, run by the McMahons. The New Day, all three of them have steaks, and they're staring at Daniel Bryan eating them. Oh, I gotta watch that one. That's hilarious. <laughs> that was so funny to me, and it was so subtle that nobody, half the people didn't even notice it. Biggie's the GOAT, I'm telling you. <laughs> he was just looking at Daniel Bryan out the corner of his eyes and just sucking on the steak like a pacifier. That Biggie, was, Biggie's going to be the next big movie star. Watch what I tell you. That was hilarious yeah. to me, right. I swear. NXT Funniest Moments. Uh, mine would probably watch you. Mine would probably be listening tomorrow when Naro loses shit on commentary. He always does, and too. And it's only because you know... Because I've seen the video, you see him, you know, he's excited with his voice. He's also excited with his body. He's jumping up out of his seat. He's yeah, doing all this stuff. You... Mama Mia, he just hit him with a Tyson like Mike Tyson back in 1998. <laughs> he just hit him like with a Tyson really over him. Yeah, I, I would love to love my job as much as Morrow loves his job. Oh, man, it'd be great. It would be it's so awesome. <laughs> uh, uh, NXT doesn't really have that many funny moments. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Not really the comedy um, show. But I don't have one. I'm going to go with the mighty stealing the cup from the Street Profits and then coming out the next week dressed as the Street Profits. <laughs> that was pretty classic. They That's when they really started the back-to-back thing. They're holding up the cups and stuff. Uh, and, and the... The promo with Mia Yim and Bianca Belair. Yeah. When Bianca turned and smacked her with the hair, and she's saying very slowly, I'm still un D fee Ted. When she hit her with the Sindel from Mortal Kombat. Yeah, she turned around and smacked her in the face with her hair. Damn. So NXT not really known for comedy, but that yeah. was that was a classic. Yeah. Alright, uh Oh! One more thing. What? When Ricochet's music hit and the Undisputed Era came dragging him out of the back and set him in the spotlight. <laughs> Crazy. Another good one. Okay, that one's supposed to be funny, but I can see the humor because that sounds hilarious. His <laughs> music hit. Everybody thought he was coming out for a match or a promo. And Adam Cole and them came dragging him out the back and just laid him in the spotlight. <laughs> yeah. That was classic. Alright, uh, favorite rivalry Who had the best rivalries this year Oh, you know I got Main mine Main roster, uh, mine would be Rollins and Ziggler Every single time they got in the ring Every time the match was announced People was like, oh my god Not them again But as soon as they started Yeah, uh, that's what I was saying You know, uh, every single time Like, you, they overuse this rivalry A lot this this year but they always put on the show. It never fails. And they really did. Uh, you know, I feel like that rivalry kind of kept Raul afloat, you know, for a while. Then when it wasn't doing so well. It was the main event of one of the pay-per-views for the Intercontinental title. Mm-hmm. I think it's not really a rivalry. It's just that they're both workhorses. Well, it was, it was duly noted and it was well received because I used to sigh every time I, I saw this match announced for the fourth and fifth time. But every time I watch, man, 
It's they they put on classics, dude. It's like the New Day and the Usos. You get yeah. tired of seeing them, but you're not tired of seeing them. Yep, yep. Tired of hearing them announce, but every time the match starts, they have chemistry like no one else. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, my rivalry of the year is going to be Daniel Bryan versus The Miz, eight years in the making. That's uh, a good one. That... After Daniel Bryan's return, we knew that this was going to happen. That Talking Smack segment started it a year ago. And once they, once Daniel Bryan was cleared, we had to have it. Yeah. I think we needed one more time. It'll probably happen again. I'm still betting. Still For the title. Still chips on the Miz taking the title off of him. That's who I think is going to. That's what I think is That's what I think's going to happen. Well, it should happen. The Miz is long overdue for a WWE title reign. And I'm getting sick and tired of this. Either way, waiting. Miz and Daniel Bryan rivalry of the year. Mm-hmm. At, at, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Sam. Uh-huh. I think that um, the whole Miz Daniel Bryan thing is one of the best rivalries. That's actually what I picked. However, mm-hmm. I don't like how I won't say it ended because they're probably gonna do more stuff. But the last match they had was pretty terrible. Yeah, it was pretty quick too. Yeah. But the dynamic of Miz being a face and Daniel Bryan being a heel is actually intriguing. Yep, that's that's, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, with. But, like I said, that's why I originally picked, but since you picked it, I'm going to go a different route. That way you keep some variety. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Becky and Charlotte. I, would, I knew it. Every time I Sam knew it. Bay, you're the biggest Becky mark. I knew it. But <laughs> Becky and Charlotte really did put it on this year. Yeah, they did. They did. They, I'm they just did. kidding. They really did. Because Becky turning on Charlotte really flipped for her. And everybody, like, you, like for a minute, you forgot you were watching wrestling. You just thought you were watching some real shit for a minute. That was a crazy rivalry, and for uh, Becky to uh, win that uh, last last woman standing, the first ever for the title, um, the the TLC they made event at TLC. Uh, like Becky and Charlotte have been, they've had an awesome year. They have. Becky mainly has had a really awesome year. Mm. All right, uh, favorite rivalry in NXT. I'm pretty sure this is unanimous. Uh, uh, Tommaso Ciampa, yeah. Johnny Gargano. Yep, yeah. Tommaso and Johnny. You know those those two really did set the fire this year, and that rivalry lasted for the majority of the year. Yep. And you just you didn't get sick. Of, listen, you didn't get sick of hearing that match announced. I'm actually gonna pick another one since you know you picked that one. Right. I'm gonna pick Shayna Baszler and Kyrie Sane. Another good oh, one. Oh yeah, that, that, was good one. that was a good one. Shayna Baszler and Kyrie Sane were putting on classic matches. They hated each other all year. Uh, Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir were introduced. Uh, Io Shirai and Dakota Kai came to Kyrie Sane's aid. You know what I'm saying? And it's just been going down between those two. Yep. All right. Best no, tag team. No arguments here. Best tag team of the year. Uh, mine is unconventional, but I feel it is justified. I'm Go going ahead. with the Bludgeon Brothers. Boom. Don't start with me, Sam Spade, okay? The Bludgeon, the Bludgeon Brothers, Brothers did start off the year demolishing people. The Bludgeon Brothers really did. I mean, they ran through the Usos in the New Day in the club. They pretty much did. They ran through SmackDown's tag team division. One thing for the funniest moment. Remember when they powerbombed the jobber and he screamed? (laughs) Ah! 
something like that. Yeah, I yeah. think he pissed himself too. Yeah, <laughs> that was a funny uh, moment. That was funny, but yeah, like, and I honestly believe that the Bludgeon Brothers would still be dominating the, to this day if Eric Rowan had not have gotten injured. Like that is, in my opinion, the only reason why they're not tag champs right now. New Day? Of course. You already know the tag team of the year for me. As always, the tag team of the year for me is always going to be between the New Day and the Usos. All right, this is 2018, not 2015. New Day started off the year's champs. They won the belts again from the Bludgeon Brothers. How? Okay. Injured. With the team of Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston, might I add. Yeah, that the uh... Well, they they don't really. It used to be back in the day, back in the original New Days. You know, Xavier was a manager, and Biggie and Kofi was. You know, they were the tag team. You know, Xavier and anybody. You know, that was a losing pair. You know, that was a losing pair when they lost to the Xavier got players. his shine on. And yeah, luckily that uh, Woods is starting to get his shine now. I'm glad because Woods is one of my favorites in that group. But he, but he can actually go, though. I don't get that. He can actually go. They need yeah. to stop him so bad. He's just a better mouthpiece than Kofi and Big E would be. I'm going to call it. He's the best wrestler in that group. Oh, uh, now you should. I don't know. He's, he's, he's better than Kofi. Yes, he is. Now you reach him. I got to think so. You reach him. I mean, Take really Kofi's really high hops away from him. And, and then you, really, you really reach him. Kofi? Yeah, this Kofi. should have three titles by now. I know Kofi's great, but I think Woods is a better wrestler than he is. You reach him, bro. I'm not reaching. Yeah, that's like, another debate. I feel that if you know the if you take the high hops away from Kofi, and you know he's he's not as good as Woods is. If you can't jump, if I mean, you can't he jump higher than he can, I don't think though. that's just an opinion. Woods that's, is a better like, wrestler. Like I said, next debate. That's the next debate, I guess. All right. Next debate. All right, uh, what's your guys' tag team of the year? You know now, I already said it. My, my tag yours. team of the year but. is going to call the ruckus. But I think I think these two women, yeah, I went there, if he says it, I swear. are doing enough to generate the type of buzz that they need. And I think if they ever do bring out the, well, whenever they bring out the women's tag team champions, they should be the first ones to get it. And, and I'm talking about the Iconics. Yes, sir, he is. Yes, sir, he is. Oh, my goodness. Great pick, Sam Spade. Yeah, I went there. Yeah, he went there. And he's These glad he went there. So annoying, he went there. But they do their job so well. And they're funny. They're, they're legit funny. Yep. I like to call them entertainingly annoying. And that's the, that's the point. And they actually work well as a team. If you've ever seen that bulldog into that knee... Then you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, they are a good Pretty team. Pretty good tag team but finisher. As you know, I feel like the finals of the women's tag team tournament will be the Riot Squad and the Iconics. And I got, I'm picking the Iconics now, for the, the Riot w. Squad. I need a shot too. I'm not gonna deny that, but I think the Iconics should get it first. Yeah, that's what's up. All Next right. one. NXT tag team of the year. NXT. Oh, uh, undisputed era. That is, is that unanimous? Sure. Yep, because there's there's nobody else besides War Machine, and they just really got there. Undisputed Era beat them also. Yeah, they've been running the tag team division. It's yep. not really a debate for that Not one. really a debate. Women's Superstar of the Year. We probably, uh, at least me and Sam Spade probably agree with this one. Charlotte. 
No, not Charlotte Archer. No, it's Ronda Rousey, dog. Ronda bet- Rousey is the woman's superstar of the year because she came in, Royal Rumble, hasn't really lost any matches since, been champion ever since she got the belt, and Ronda has been running this shit the whole year. Well, they I can't argue with that. Art, but I was going to go with Becky. I'm sure you are going to go with Becky. I mean, Becky Lynch has pretty much set the straight fire, as she called it, this year. I mean, I've I've never seen a woman be so popular. Have you? Bailey. He, she's Sasha. more popular than she is. Yeah, I gotta think so. Sable. Yeah, I mean, women have have been popular, but China. Becky has Becky has went oh, yeah. over. I'm sorry, with this should I have said that? It's been a I'm while. Go ahead. Thank you, <laughs> Mr. Sarcastic. It's now, been that a while. Yeah, that was facts. yeah, Becky went over over this year. She has majorly over, and that's why she's my pick. Go ahead, uh, Sam. What's your who's your pick? See, the irony is I pick Becky and Ronda. That's the irony of it. Because Ronda has been, like he said, out the gate since Royal Rumble. And then Becky had her nice little heel turn and has been on fire ever since. So that's why I picked Becky and Ronda. Okay. Now, of the two, I'm going to go with Ronda simply because she's been doing it longer this year. Yep. But that's like, you know, two points. It's not really that big a difference. Mm-hmm. We got one more category left. We have two more two. categories two? left, and then we haven't picked the women's okay. NXT Women's of the Year. Oh, NXT Woman of the Year, Shayna Baszler. No doubt. Shana no doubt. Baszler. No I'm going to go doubt. with Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair is another awesome pick because she is still I, I just undefeated. don't like Shayna Baszler. I just don't like her. She just looks weird. You don't like the submission magician? Come on. Now, Baszler's had like one her. of the best years that I've seen in a while, you know, because she really has been dominant this year. Them champions are in that team, man. They've been doing her thing this year. Yep. All right. Killing All right. Next category. Men's Superstar of the Year. Seth main Rollins. roster, yep, Rollins. I picked Seth Rollins for the main roster. Uh, unfortunately, I'm gonna pick Brock Lesnar. Okay, I'm hanging up. <laughs> Are you trying to get us no listeners at all? What's your frustration? Brock, right. What's your frustration? Right. <laughs> Brock has uh, every single time he's gotten the ring this year. It has been must-see. All four times. Oh, All nice. four times. The match with Daniel Bryan really did it. And that was a good match. It really did it. And it cemented him as as a champion that we wanted to see. I'll say this. That was probably the best match of Brock's career this year against Daniel Bryan. No, that was probably the best match of Brock's career Period. Now, no, they're, they're you're fooling, Angle, uh, come on better. now. Now, you should just suck them words right back into your mouth. Him and Kurt Angle? Well, I'm, I'm not going to say period. I'm going to say since his return to WWE. Okay, that's, okay. Correct there yourself. <laughs> you know, Brock actually can sh- show that he can still wrestle, not just beat up people. He can actually sell shit and work a match. He can and that with Daniel Bryan. Not only that, that, with Daniel Bryan, when he realized that Daniel Bryan's neck was a problem, he stopped using the German suplex and started using belly-to-bellies instead, which yep. shows that he really still does care. You know, maybe he's not so selfish after all. After all. all. Yeah. So, I'm, I mean, I'm going to go with Brock. But yeah. with that being said, we still need you more than four times out the year, though. You understood. That is, that is very understood. We do. 
that's very understood, but he's still training to go into the UFC. As you can see, he's noticeably smaller. Mm-hmm. So he's getting there. And hey, Cormier gonna whoop his ass. We I all can't know wait that. To see it. <laughs> we all know that. Although, By the way, apparently there might be other plans for DC. Unfortunately, <coughs> it depends. Yeah, we're not gonna talk about that. It depends. Well, are we? Because we all know. Well, we'll we talk are. about it in the next segment. All right, because we got one more category here, and that's the match of the year. Big match of the year. We didn't get everybody's. I'm oh, sorry. Mid superstar of the year. Yeah, we didn't get NXT. everybody's mid superstar of the year. NXT. Who's your superstar, superstar of the year? Seth Rollins, Sam yeah. Spade. Who's your male superstar of the year? Seth Rollins. He agreed with me. That's Seth why Rollins. I didn't say. That's why I'm, I skipped him. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's between Brock and Daniel Bryan. Okay. All right. NXT male superstar of the year. Um, Velveteen Dream. Champ up. Johnny Gargano. Of course it is. Man, Johnny Gargano has had all of the best matches this year. All of them. Tommaso Ciampa's become a household name as a heel this year. Because of Johnny Gargano. He could have done it by himself. I don't think so. I think he could Not could've. at all. The rivalry between Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano really cemented Tommaso as a heel. He turned on Gargano at the perfect time, had an injury, and came back still beating up Johnny Gargano. He did. But I still say Velveteen Dream, but but Johnny Gargano. I, I say we didn't have good choices. We all had good choices. The yeah. Dream was a good one. Yeah, Johnny Gargano had like great matches with everybody. So did Tommaso Ciampa. I will so say this about Ciampa. Ciampa made me realize that Otis Dozovich from Heavy Machinery could wrestle. You see, he's putting everybody over. He's making he's making good wrestlers that everybody are. Hey. But Johnny Gargano has had the greatest matches, the greatest rivalries. And he loses them. He's got Doesn't Sammy. Matter, yeah, it does matter. He's got Sammy Zayn syndrome. He is. He is. He's Damn, my that was harsh. I'm sorry, but it's true. He's my favorite of the year. I was a huge Damn, Sammy. that was harsh. I, I was a huge Sammy Zayn fan. He's always been on these great matches. And he always loses them. Every time. <laughs> oh, it still sticks in my craw. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't I'm mean to be saying. harsh. I'm just You're saying. You're not really sorry. That's the funny part. I am sorry. I didn't mean to be harsh. All right. Batch of the year. May roster in NXT. That's a tough one, man. That is. is a that is a tough category tough. to pick because there's been so many fire matches this year. I've got one for the main roster, and that would be uh, Daniel Bryan in the Miz at SummerSlam. Like, I expected a good match psychology-wise, but it was a pretty good wrestling match. You know, those who went out there and they did their thing, and they really showed up that night. It's so many good matches this year. Yeah. Well, if we're talking main roster... Yeah, I'm gonna go with Becky and Charlotte at the TLC. There's that was a that was a that was Another a classic match, man. They showed they ass in that match. Another they great did. One. Um, but man. if we're talking about overall match of the year, period. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to step. I'm gonna have to step outside of WWE for a second. Go yeah. ahead. And I'm gonna say Omega vs Okada at Dominion 6.9. Everybody says that, man, but I just didn't see what everybody else saw. I saw Those a great, are great match. matches, though. Yeah, Those I are. saw a great match, but um, the way that people were highlighting this thing, like it was the end-all, be-all. I think it's because you're conditioned to watching WWE television. That could be it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm probably used to it. The way they do things it. in WWE is 
a lot different than they do it everywhere else. I do. And I mean everywhere else. I do want to point out that the Young Bucks and the Golden Lovers had a great match in New Japan. They did. They did. They always do. Young Bucks always put it on, and they always have great matches. Um, I think I think I want to go with Brock and Daniel Bryan. That's also a good choice. It is a very good choice. Um, but it's so many to choose from because AJ and John Cena, when AJ when John Cena was trying to get his shot at WrestleMania, was crazy. Triple threat tag match between the bar New Day and the Usos. Yeah, New Day and the Usos. Another great win. Rollins and the Miz back Um, last this year. It was just some crazy stuff. All right, right, child, we back. 2018 recap. Um, We left off with the match of the year. You were picking a match of the year, And I was picking. um, I want to say Daniel Bryan and Brock Lesnar, but we had so many great matches this year. Uh, Rollins and Ziggler. Rollins and the Miz, the backlash. You know, Rollins and a, the Miz. Yeah, that was a good one. This is a pretty tough category, I think. Um, but the second half of this one will be even tougher because this is NXT match of the year. And NXT has thrown some incredible. Well, I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and stick with Daniel Bryan and Brock Lesnar because no one knew who was gonna win that match by the middle of it. That's true. That's true. I honestly would not have bet against Brock, though. That's just me. And But the fact that that, that you really thought Daniel Bryan yeah, was going to win. I thought he had it a couple times. I'm not going to lie. I thought Brock was going to tap when he had that yes lock in. Yeah. He was turning red, and it was just, it was crazy. Um, I think I'm going to go with Daniel Bryan and the Miz for match of the year. I mean, Daniel Bryan and uh, Brock Lesnar for Great match of the match. year. I'm uh, sticking with Becky and Charlotte at TLC. That was crazy. And I have Daniel Bryan in the middle. That of was a slam. crazy match, too. I also want to give a shout-out to Randy Orton and Rey Mysterio for that chairs match. Yeah, we got into that chairs match on our TLC episodes, aren't they? Because that chairs match was pretty good, too. It was really, really good. Pretty creative. Really, really good. Yeah. All right. Uh, Randy Orton is quietly underrated, too. We say that every, every week, week on this show because it's so true. Because like we just he's expect doing it. Gunner always says he's doing some of his best heel work of his career and nobody's even noticing. It's cuz I think it's because we just expect Randy to be so great all the time and all this uh, great I bet Jeff Hardy realizes it. I don't but know, nobody's but, even talking about but it. Randy's always been, you know, Top superstar to me. He has been. All right. Uh, NXT match of the year. You thought the main rosters was hard. This is even harder. I'll bet. All of my matches of the year involve Johnny Gargano. Uh, well, mine does too. Unfortunately, uh, my pick would be Cien and uh, Johnny Gargano for the NXT title at NXT Philadelphia back in January. Yeah, that was like, crazy. I just watched this match. And the atmosphere in there must have been off the charts because it was just the the drama was just so high. Johnny's doing all this stuff and, and Champa's I mean the CN's cheating and Yep, you got Selena Vega on the outside, you got Candace LeRae coming down. Yeah, you see all the Johnny wrestling signs and it was just it just they did their job. They told the story doing with a great match and I really, really enjoyed that one. And I feel like it uh, kind of, uh, it did for them what John Cena and Edge did for each other back in the day. Yeah. You know, a new really, champion. Really highlighted their wrestlings. Right. A new champion 
and a new contender, really, and they just help make each other. Yep. Yep, yeah. that was that was awesome. That was yeah. awesome. I'm um, go with Kyrie Zane and Shayna Baszler the second time they fought. That was crazy too. Another good one. That was really, really crazy. And that was the time that Shayna actually lost the belt. Mm-hmm. I don't like Shayna, I told you that. <laughs> you cannot like her all you want. Doesn't doesn't steer away from the fact that Shayna's the best right now in NXT. She's awesome. The best women woman down there in NXT. I'm gonna go with it's so hard, man, because War Games was awesome. Um Tommaso and Johnny always put on a great match. He did. But I'm gonna go with one of the sleepers, which is Johnny Gargano versus Aleister Black. Yep, that was a good match too. That match was crazy. I've never seen anybody take a knee from a suicide dive. And he dove all the way out and got caught right in the jaw with the knee. And, like, the psychology in this match with Johnny telling him, please just put me out of my misery and all that stuff. And I'm the hero here. It, it, that I mean, it had everything you wanted, except the interference that's, you know, WWE oh, yeah. standard. Mm-hmm. But it's either that one or Velveteen Dream and Tommaso Ciampa. Another great one. From the same show, too. It's same show, but... Velveteen and Tommaso, the only reason I'm not picking that one is because it started off slow with a lot of taunting and talking. But when that match picked up, oh boy, did it pick up. Mm-hmm. Did it pick up. My goodness. Um, right. And of course, you know, my second pick for uh, for move of the year would have been Velveteen Dream's rolling Dream Valley driver. Great move. That guy's got a pretty good move set. Yes. Uh, his, I like uh, the Hogan leg drop, personally. I'm his kidding. complete shot DDT. Another great one. Woo, that move. People need to stop kicking out of it. I know. That Rainmaker DDT is crazy. But uh, Tommaso and and, uh, and Velveteen really put it on in this one. And on the same show, Johnny Gargano and Aleister Black really gave us some stuff, man. And Johnny has... Johnny is the match of the year, period, in NXT. All of his matches in NXT this year have been top notch. From the feud with Gar- from the feud with Tommaso Ciampa all the way down to the cage match with Aleister Black. To the DIY sorta reunion. Mm-hmm. Can't argue that. So that's my guy. But it just is what it is, man. I mean, I know how it is with when people just have their opinions and don't want to notice everybody else's. And as we're talking about that subject, we're going to let Sam Spade get into his real shit segment because Twitter is becoming the new kayfabe. Yeah, I don't get that. Go ahead. And I've Sam been, Spade is going to let us know about all it. fucking month. <laughs> you have no idea. Twitter is the new kayfabe. If you start paying attention to all these little sites that post little wrestling news and all of that, or if you actually have a Twitter and follow these wrestlers. You're talking about like what.com, the spreadsheet, uh, wrestling news, the the backbreaker, all that stuff. It's a lot of them out there. Yeah, it's a lot of them. Dave Meltzer is big on this shit. These Twitter posts that these wrestlers be putting out there completely contradicts 
what's going on on TV. And a lot of times you'll see people make comments on Twitter and then now they have a rivalry on TV. Yep, yep. It happens all the time. Because a lot of of these rivalries... You started seeing wrestlers from different promotions having these little Twitter beats. A lot of these rivalries... Being Kenny Omega versus Xavier Woods. Well, one of the most notable. There's also... Tonga and Roman Reigns. But. Oh yeah, Tonga and Roman have been going at it. Uh, Xavier Woods and um, and Kenny Omega really have been going at it, uh, it w- when it comes to the Elite versus the New Day. Um, but see, the thing with with uh, Xavier and Omega, they acknowledged that it was just all in fun. I don't know if you saw this or not, but I think it was earlier this year or maybe the latter part of last year. But I don't want to say it was early part of this year. Yeah, early part of this year they had the uh, video game war. Yep, they were, they, they were at Evo. Evo 2018. And they had the little match. And they had like a, a best of three matches in different games. Yep, yep. I think it was Street Fighter, Tekken, and I want to say Smash Brothers. I'm not sure about that. I think it was Rocket so. League. And then after it was all over with, and then, you know, they had a little bit where one of them had to eat chili pepper or some shit, and then they tried to outdo each other. It was ridiculous, but they yep. put on a show for the crowd, and at the very end, they acknowledged it was all just in fun. And I'm like, Twitter is a new kayfabe. That's where I got that from way back then. But I didn't start posting about it until, like, maybe a few months ago, when you got Becky out here clowning everybody. That's what I was going to bring up. I was going to bring up Becky Lynch, everything someone says. Becky just has punchline after punchline punch after punchline. Exactly, line. going after everybody. Then, like I said, Tama and Roman Reigns had their beef until, you know, Roman made his announcement and Tama showed him a little respect. That was cool. Yep. Then you got the Elite versus, uh, the, not the Bully Club, uh, the, New the Day. Revival. Yep, New Day and the Revival, yep. Yep, you know, it, it's just crazy. The Young Bucks have been trolling us for about a year and a half saying that their contract with Ring of Honor and New Japan is going to be up and they're going to make their way to WWE. I can't wait till it gets to the point where all wrestling is under one roof. I don't think that's ever going to happen. It probably yeah. won't. I wish it did, only because I like the movie Idiocracy. Now, I will say that Triple H is monopolizing the WWE by stealing all of the indie wrestlers. Which is... A gift and a curse, I feel. I know, to have so many people that you've watched in these other companies like Ricochet and the Undisputed Era, Adam Mm -hmm. Cole and all that stuff, to have all of them replay their matches and rivalries in NXT is is a little bit weird because it's like you've seen it before, but it's new. Mm. I I say that because there's so many of them and it's kind of hard to, you know push everybody who deserves to be pushed it's like at some points it's just like they're they're signing people just so just so they say they had that they have them under contract well that's the way that's why i see it sometimes you know but it it all starts it all starts on twitter though it all starts on twitter had handled the invasion in wcw much better than they did shit would be way different right now yeah, but you know, first time around, uh, you don't. He, he, Vince has never had a roster full of that many wrestlers, and now he's got the biggest roster he's ever had. He's got four shows. Mm-hmm. 
two of them only seen on the network. Right. You know what oh, I yeah, mean? On 205, okay. No, NXT 205 and NXT UK. Yeah, I ain't gonna look for you talking about it first, but yeah, you said okay. He's got Raw, SmackDown, main event, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So he's he's overloading us with wrestling. And then on top of that, when you're following these wrestlers on Instagram and Twitter and stuff, because our truth has been going around on Instagram pumping this song, that that's endurance song. <laughs> he's had everybody that he could find listening to this song. I downloaded it, it's actually not half bad. If you get the chance, listen to That's Endurance by R-Truth. Is it better than Enzo's album? It is ten times better than Enzo. <sighs> Here we go with that guy. But I'm sorry, I had to bring him up. I missed a little bad. And speaking of, lie, I missed a little bad. Speaking of Enzo, who would you like to see return to the WWE or come to the WWE that has that that's not there right now? Uh, let me see. I would normally, actually right now, I would say Enzo, but he would not be welcome back in any capacity. Nope. Crowd don't like him. Nobody in the back likes him. Nope. It, it, it would just be like fresh meat. Obviously. Like, you gotta remember, it was a time when him and Cass was over as fuck. Oh, they, they were, were the, loved. They, they were I the most popular tag cast. team in NXT. They loved those two together. Like those They should have turned them heel together. That's what they should have did. Yeah. I love those two together. Uh, I'm looking forward to Kevin Owens' return. Yes. I hear yes. Sami Zayn's getting pretty Sami Zayn pretty fast. It's getting close to coming back. And the one person that I'm really waiting on to like come to WWE, I've been waiting for a while, is Jay Lethal. Ooh. I'm not sure, I'm not sure about that one though. Right? I mean, uh, I, I feel I feel a little, I feel a little queasy about that one. I feel like. The the place that needs him is 205 Live, and Jay Lethal would run that mug and bring the ratings up. He would. I don't know if as I would have picked him like that. As soon as they turn him on to the main run. roster, it's over for him. No, we don't want him on the main roster. We want him somewhere where his talents are going to flourish but and see, he's going to have. They have to put him on the main roster at some point because... Not that many people watch 205 Live. Right. So if you want to be seen, that's kind of a place Yeah, that's true. And not only that, you can't have the three-time ROH champion on 205. Yeah. Uh, On non-TV. Like, I don't don't know if that would work out too well. So I guess he just should stay where he's at. I love Jay Lethal, but I'm not sure about that. Even though it's never been fully explained, when you bring a macho man around McMahon, everybody seems to get tense. And since that's what one of Jay Lee was, he's not the most known for that, but he's pretty well known for being the greatest Macho Man impersonator. That is hilarious that you said that. Because, of course, everybody knows about the rumor that Macho Man and Stephanie had a thing going on, and Vince did not like it. Or the thing they just fucked twice, that's all. Yeah, so. They fucked once. Then they got intrigued. They fucked again. That was the end of that. Somebody snitched. That's all it is. And and Vince. I have no. I have no proof of that. That's just my opinion. But it sounds quite viable if you really think about all the circumstances. I mean, I think people need to understand that wrestlers are going to be with wrestlers. They're the only ones that understand the life of a wrestler. I don't even think it was that. I literally think it was a situation where you know he was going through his thing with Elizabeth, and she just happened to be the one that listened to him. 
And they just, you know, got to that whole little point like, oh, it's gonna be okay. Oh, you smell good. Boink, boink, boink. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> we have gotten way off track right now, fellas. Hey, you say it was real shit. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> it is real shit. I but guess. I'm just saying, though. I mean, um, everything that everybody that's coming back. They have to have a lane for them. They can't just bring them back for no reason. And that's exactly. that's kind of what I was saying earlier. That's kind of what I was saying earlier when you know when I said uh, they just sign people just to have them. You know, yep. it's like they could. I feel that they could be better used on the indies. Like because Kevin always did have like the biggest first year in WWE history. He won the NXT belt in record time. He came to Raw, demolished uh, John Cena. Like he, uh, he might have stayed. He might have stayed in NXT the shortest amount of time out of everybody. He did. Everybody. He did. He came up there. He won the the Universal Title right fast. Held it forever until he ended up losing it to Goldberg. His yep. first match, he beat John Cena. Yep, and then he ended up uh, losing his belt to Goldberg thanks to Chris Jericho. <laughs> Had an awesome pairing and feud with Chris Jericho. Yeah, I like the The list was created while I'm wearing my You Made the List shirt right now. <laughs> Cheap plug. Cheap plug. You know what I'm saying? Um, I actually think that um, but as Kevin he, Owens, I think they're afraid to let him really be who he really is. You know, Kevin Steen. Yeah, but as I he... I really think they're afraid of that. As Kevin Owens was leaving, he was on a downward spiral. And let's not forget that he did um, leave by getting beat up by Bobby Lashley and Bobby Lashley's heel turn. Yep. You know, there's only three people that I can think of it's, that, that came from the Indies to the, to the you know, the main roster that had great careers in terms of, you know, good matches, good booking, that kind of thing. Yeah. Daniel Bryan. Of course. AJ Styles. And Seth Rollins. I was actually going to say Kevin Owens in the first year. Then oh. it just went to shit. But yeah, you're right about Seth Rollins. Yeah, Seth Rollins had an amazing run. Yeah, and then you got people like uh, Gallows and Anderson who are an established, really, really good tag team, and they're just sitting on the sidelines. Yep. That's just what no, I'm going to say. They're not going to acknowledge the two tweets they can't avoid. They can't avoid it. They're not going to do that. Yeah, yeah, because everybody was very ecstatic when the when the Balor Club first reunited, or when AJ and Gallows and Anderson were together. Everybody was really excited about it. Gallows and Anderson won the belts kind of fast and lost them kind of fast. Yeah, that's like seeing DX in, in WCW, though. So, I mean, but as a as a whole, how how do you feel about this year in wrestling? I mean, had a lot of downs, quite a few ups. It seemed like the pay-per-view is where it shined, and unfortunately, that's how the, the old-school model used to be. Because remember, back in the day, they didn't have Monday Night Raw and you know, SmackDown and all that shit. All they had was, like, main event, which I always realized that Saturday Night's main event was the pay-per-view for that month that didn't have a pay-per-view. Right, right, right. At one point, it was just Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, Survivor Series, and SummerSlam. King of the Ring didn't even come to like 92 or 93 or some shit. 
Okay, and, and uh, before we go, man, I want to get into uh, the UFC from last night, dog. <laughs> John Jones. First off, John Jones wins back the UFC light heavyweight title. Fuck that druggie. He uh, finished uh, Alexander Gustafson in the third round by TKO, ground and pound. Uh, Fuck that druggie. Pretty standard John Jones, you know what I'm saying? Afterwards, he calls DC out to come down to 205 because, of course, he'll never fight DC at heavyweight. I get, you know, I kind of concur with what Sam Spade's saying right now because John Jones, Jones. I'm not a very big fan of John Jones either myself, but unfortunately, you can't deny him, man. Every time time you want to write him off, here he comes. And he gets in there and he, he does gets his thing. In there and he has a very, very unfair advantage. He is long as shit. He, he has the longest. Long. He has the longest reach in UFC, which is an eighty-four inch reach. But he the makes shit it is work. Retarded. That's the equivalent of having monkey arms. Um, Shin Akuma against Dan in Street Fighter. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> that is a very unfair advantage. Right, Dan's fireball only goes two feet while Akuma's grows across the whole board. You know, that, that shit's broken as hell. But then he fucks it up by doing druggy shit. Yeah, he does. And let's not like, forget. Don't get me wrong, I'm high as fuck right now. But nobody's paying me to not be high. They uh, moved the event from Las Vegas to Los Angeles because the Nevada Athletic Commission would not give John Jones a license to fight because they found a metabolite why. in his yeah, system. Yeah, that's called greed on the UFC part. They like, fuck it, we need to get this money. Well, Dana White's basically saying John Jones didn't do anything wrong. He's he's basically saying that the the... The drug found in this system was so small that you couldn't possibly take that much of a drug. That it's you you couldn't possibly um, actually just take that small of a drug for it to be found in your system. But uh, John Jones wins the belt last last night off Alexander. Well, not off Alexander Gustafson, but uh, Daniel Cormier. Uh, relinquishes the belt. John Jones wins it. Daniel Cormier calls out John Jones for um, for him to come down to 205 because he doesn't want to fight him at heavyweight. John Jones does not want to fight uh, John. John Jones does not want to fight Daniel Cormier at heavyweight. He wants Daniel Cormier to come back down to 205. If you ask, you know, in my personal opinion, I don't think that this fight exactly needs needs to happen. Like, they really don't. I think DC should wash his hands with this guy. He doesn't have anything left to prove. And that's just my opinion. I mean, you know, he does it. John Jones, drugged up or not, is probably going to be Daniel Cormier anyway because of that ridiculous reach. I don't think so. Yeah, DC could get him down. I don't think so. DC has actually beat up John Jones a couple of times. Yes. He He's got caught. He got actually the first time it went the distance where John Jones actually started wrestling DC. And it went the distance. And uh, he was, DC, uh, John Jones was kind of backpedaling because once he felt Daniel Cormier hit him, he had to change his game plan. The second time, Daniel Cormier was winning, and John Jones caught him. He caught him with a head kick, and DC doesn't remember anything after that. 
<sighs> well, just, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Daniel Cormier is a natural heavyweight. Daniel okay. Cormier was cutting weight, and his knockout power diminished when he went to 205. Mm-hmm. He didn't really finish anybody at 205 by knockout or anything like that. It was all submissions. Mm-hmm. Um, he was still the champ, though. John Jones walks around at about 225, 230 on the offseason. He mm-hmm. can easily make the heavyweight limit. He does not want to fight DC at heavyweight because he says DC is naturally a heavyweight. And he doesn't want to fight him there. Well, I feel that like, you know, he wants DC to come down to fight him because let's not get it twisted. John Jones is still an undefeated fighter. After all of these years, he's still undefeated. I mean, he beats. Never mind. I'm not going to say. Go ahead. I want to. Go ahead. He beats himself, as they say. Yeah, he does. That's the whole thing. He kind of. Messes everything up for himself. He's the only fighter in UFC history to be stripped of the title because of violating the wellness policy. I was not trying to say three times, (laughs) twice, (laughs) twice. He's been stripped twice. I mean, that's still one too many. Yeah, he's been. He got stripped the first time after uh, pissing hot against DC. Well, the first time he got stripped, it was because of the cocaine and the hitting the pregnant woman and all of that stuff that he did. The second time, it was because he pissed hot against DC. That's where the no contest on his record came from because mm-hmm. they took the win away from him and deemed it a no contest. DC, they gave him the belt back and DC defended it. DC actually fought three times this year. Mm-hmm. He defended the light heavyweight title against Vulcan Uzdemir. He won the heavyweight title against Stipe Miocic and then defended the heavyweight title against uh, Derek Lewis, yep. the Black Beast. Yep. John Jones is coming back off of a year-and-a-half layoff, and he gets right into the title picture, and they immediately put him in the number three as pound-for-pound pound best fighter in the world. You know, at this point, I don't even think he could be really mad at John Jones. You know, no, not you you know, it's, it's, just, it's Uncle Dana. They just let him get away with. He just does what they let him get away with. Unfortunately, it's true. Like I said before, greed. Well, we got to see what this next fight is yeah. because he did get into it with Anthony Smith on the post fight show. Yeah, I saw that. He got into it with Anthony Smith, and uh, he's calling out DC, and they're forever going to be intertwined with each other. It's like the Rock and Austin. I don't think DC needs this kind of headache. That's just me, though. I just want to see DC win against a clean John Jones. But how do we know we'll get a clean John Jones? We don't. That's the point. Like, we don't. He does not need this. He headache. did pop for a metabolite in this one. But as Dana White said, he took eight tests beforehand, and they all came back negative, and this one comes positive for a metabolite that's as small as a grain of salt. I don't know. So we don't Two know words. what to do. Fuck Cyborg. Speaking damn, of Amanda Nunes, Amanda Nunes versus Chris Cyborg for the women's featherweight title. Uh, Amanda Nunes knocks out Cyborg, the first person to knock out Cyborg ever, and the first woman to ever be a two division champion at the same time. Nunes is definitely doing her thing. Uh, she she owes awesome. all of that to Ronda Rousey. No, she that. ultimately ended. Ronda Rousey's career, she ended Misha Tate's career, and now she's the first person to knock out Cyborg. That's pretty awesome, though. 
think so. So I mean, honestly, Rob, like if you really think about it, from a wrestling standpoint, Ronda Rousey literally passed the torch to Amanda Nunes. She literally. did. Mm-hmm. She did. She did. Amanda is. Um, first off, I always thought Cyborg was gonna be too muscular, too big for anybody. Amanda Nunez looked really good with that extra 10 pounds on her. Um, when, when Cyborg felt that first punch, I don't know what clicked in her head that made her say, just keep throwing punches and going forward. But she got caught so bad, so bad. I've never seen, I've never seen a woman face plant from a knockout. That shit was funny. And she literally hit her with an overhand right that made her fall face first into the ground. People were speechless. Amanda Nunes just became a star star. Right now. Like she was a big name before, but now she's an even bigger name. She is. uh, Now the the question is, is the UFC going to put the machine behind her? They should. They definitely should. She's yeah, a new face won't. of the women's division. She's not exactly all that pretty. Uh, she's pretty. I think she is. I think, I think, she, she's, is I think she's very a gorgeous woman, but... Gorgeous woman. Marketing. <laughs> <laughs> a gorgeous woman. This is not a beauty contest, brother. No, Amanda... Uh, besides, none of, none, nobody would stand a chance because she has a girlfriend. <laughs> Nina Asaroff, who's number three in the flyweight division. Or maybe it's the strawweight division. Either way, Amanda Nunes had the most amazing knockout of the night. That was pretty great, I nice. That brought me out of my seat. Everybody was in the arena with their mouth open because they couldn't believe that Cyborg lost. Cyborg has not been beaten in almost 10 years. Damn. Almost. I mean, it's, hard, it's hard when you a dude beating up on chicks. 10 Come years. Come on, Sam Spade. What up with that? And fuck Cyborg. That bitch ain't natural, but she got beat like a natural person, so... Oh, that I'm proves she's human. What's your beef with Cyborg? I mean, I just don't like that motherfucker. I just don't like her. Amanda Nunez just proved that Cyborg is more than human. Cyborg is beatable. Yeah, she's not a machine. She's exactly. a woman. And not only can you beat her, you can knock her out. Now, let me ask you this. Before we close the show, I'll let me ask you this. Do you think it's above Dana White to pay Cyborg to take a dive? No. The way Cyborg was running forward with reckless abandon, it was um, actually, I think her corner was yelling for her not to do that. That that wasn't the question. No, I don't don't believe that Dana took it because I wouldn't take a punch that hard for I don't care how much you paid me. But yeah, hey, I don't think he's doing that I'm not saying that Nunez isn't capable of beating her. I'm not saying that at all. I'm simply saying this relationship that UFC and WWE have with each other is very, very fucking weird. Yeah, it's very sketchy. Because they showed Mick Foley at the motherfucking event. Yep. And they and they made a big deal about them. Like, okay, he watches UFC too. It's like Undertaker. How's that a big deal? But then when Undertaker was there, they made that a big deal when Brock Lesnar was seen talking Austin. to him and they thought it was talking shit and it really wasn't. Yep, Austin been showing up. Taker showed yeah. up. Mick Foley was there last night. The, the shit is really weird. But hey, 
Roy Jones Jr. was also there. Well, ain't nobody talking about that. <laughs> Roy Jones Jr. sucks now. <laughs> he did get knocked out by a fan. Damn. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, a lucky punch is a lucky punch, but I never was a Roy Jones fan, though. I, I kind of was. I was a, I was a Roy Jones. I, fan. I respected his ability and all of that, but I just wasn't a real big fan of his. It'll actually shock you to know that I wasn't a big Tyson fan either. Oh, that's uh, shocking. That is pretty shocking. Because everybody was a Tyson why, fan though, at one point. It had nothing to do with his boxing ability. Well, actually, it kind of did. I hated the fact that he made you waste hundreds of dollars on, like, two-second fights. Uh, well, Ronda did the same thing. I was going to say, did the same thing with Ronda Rousey? Ronda yeah, Rousey. Back then, we didn't have internet. Yeah, Ronda Rousey had fucking um, yeah. her. I remember ordering three fights in a row. And each of them lasted a minute combined. No, I mean, literally, we were sitting back, getting ready, getting ready. Oh, yeah, it's going to go down. And then three seconds later, I mean, fourteen. 14 seconds later, it's over. Like, what? Her, 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 the three fights before were 36 seconds, 27 seconds, and 14 seconds. (laughs) Like, I remember us watching them fights, getting all set, got our drinks in hand, ready to watch this, watch them go to work. And 14 seconds later, it's over. You say what? She, her, she beat her in the second round, and then I think that's when she lost to um, Holly Holm. Uh, no. Nope. Ronda fought like Misha the first time. She lost to Holly Holm. Ronda fought Misha the first time in Strike Force and broke her arm. Um, yeah, Misha. That. that shit was harsh. Ronda and Kat Zingano were going to do the Ultimate Fighter. Kat Zingano she, broke her leg. Kat Zingano broke her leg. And uh, Misha Tate took over her spot, which made the Ultimate Fighter even more must-see because they hated each other. She beats Misha. Then she beats Alexis Davis. She beats Bech Kohea. She beats um, uh, another wrestler, Sarah Davis. And then she loses to Holly Holm. Then she takes a year and a half off and comes back to fight Amanda Nunes. Which was dumb. That, no, that was her passing the torch. I actually think, if I'm not mistaken, didn't her WrestleMania appearance happen before she fought um, she New did. Day? Yes. Yeah. Her okay. WrestleMania appearance happened before she even fought Holly Holm. Yeah, she was in the crowd at WrestleMania with The Rock. The Rock, well, I, the Rock. Damn, I, I thought it was after Holly Holm. Damn. It was before. Every, I literally I, think that when she took that ass one from Holly Holm, that was her calling card to be like, okay, I'm about to rethink some shit. Uh, and I think, you know, Triple H and Stephanie was in her ear, you know, maybe Vince, and was like, maybe The Rock, you know, you should give this a try. I think it's her coaching. And she was like, you know, I'm going to give you a team one more shot. I think it's her coaching. I think Edmund Tarverdian made her believe that she was a boxer, and she's not. Just because you punch a heavy bag or punch in some pads... That doesn't make you an efficient boxer. And Holly Holm... I got registered hands if that's the case. Yeah, Holly (laughs) Holm is an efficient boxer. She's been boxing for like 17 years. And you're going to put a a judo and a jujitsu practitioner against a boxer and have the judo person try to box the boxer? Hmm. Doesn't even make sense. Man, that, that, was pretty, that was pretty bad game planning right there. Doesn't even make sense. And then you're going to put her in a girl in there with a girl that's twice as strong as the boxer that she lost to and have her try to box her. She got knocked out 
so bad. Well, it wasn't even knocked out. She was still on her feet when the ref stopped the fight. Nah, she got knocked out on her feet, dog. That shit was bold. <laughs> yeah, and then when they turned the camera... She got knocked out worse in that fight than she could get Holly home. So... Because she was still standing. I believe that her coaches made her think that she was something that she wasn't. Just because she had... You know, two knockouts in her past two fights, they made her believe that she was now a knockout artist. And we all know Ronda's bread and butter is the arm bar. That's what she does. She finished nine fights in a row. Ronda Rousey was the first person in UFC history to have a finishing move. (laughs) Yeah, actually, well, besides uh, Husamar Paul Harris, this guy was a leg lock specialist. And if he grabbed your leg, you were done. Period. He didn't do the same leg like each and every fucking time. Yeah, though. he did. Every single time. Every no, single he time. Did variations of leg locks. Actually, he didn't do the same one each yeah, and every he did. time. And the UFC released him because he put uh, Platinum Mike Perry, he put him in a leg lock and didn't let it go. And that was a beef. Yeah, that and guy. That was a beef. People were scared to fight him. People were yeah. afraid to fight him because they knew that their leg was going to be broken. Period. And Ronda Rousey was the same way. People were afraid to fight her because they knew that their arm was going to be broken. Finishing move. Exactly. Finish him. <laughs> um, shout out to uh, Megan Anderson for that head kick of Kat Singano. Uh That was very, very unusual. Uh, she threw a high kick. And her big toe went in Katzengano's eye and scraped her orbital. Scout wow. Scraped her eye. Sounds and the wow. fight was That's ended. That's like got to be the worst way to get injured ever. 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 Did your big toe scrape my orbital, nigga? Yeah. It's, it's... Not my eye, my orbital? <laughs> Man, yes. That's horrible. Her whole big toe hey, went into... I mean, into... she needs to just go back to acting. Went into her eye, it cut her eyelid open, and and poked her right in the eye with a foot, with, with a big toe. That was one of the most unusual stoppages I've ever seen. Because Kat Zingano is very tough. Very, very, very tough. And for I her to take... I you are, you can't see out of one eye. You can't see out of one eye. Yeah, she caught the kick and then just ran away from her. And leaned against the cage, and the girl came over and started punching her in the this stomach. This came into the fight with bad toenails. Now that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> bad toenails. You nasty bitch. Yeah, she straight cut her eye open with her big toe, and that was one of the craziest stoppages I've ever seen. But yeah, two uh, UFC two thirty two was crazy last night. Really uh, good show. New champions. You know what I'm saying? The year in wrestling was awesome. Actually, the year in UFC, Love the that. year in combat sports, period. I got to say, as a whole, was just I mean, incredible. Boxing was pretty good this year, too. You say who? Boxing was pretty good this year, too. Oh, Deontay Wilder versus uh, Kid Fury. There you go. Crazy fight. I'm wondering why Anthony Joshua just won't take the fight against Deontay Wilder. That's the one we he's all want to see. He's scared. What the, what, he's scared. The fuck? I'm, everybody's keep talking about Deontay Wilder doesn't have any technique. He's just a street fighter. All he does is throw haymaker punches. But he gets the job done. And so did Kimbo Slice. He just made the bad career choice. Well, Kimbo Slice was a different story. 
Kimbo Slice was just a backyard brawler that they gave a chance in the UFC, and it just did not work out the no, way. No, he should have went to boxing first because he didn't do anything but throw hands. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He should have went to boxing first, but after he learned his boxing, then he could have delved off into, like, you know, ground game and clutch and shit like that. I'm sorry, clinch, not clutch. Yeah. But, no, nah, they threw him in the UFC. That was a bad move. Yeah, because that, that, people can take him down. Floyd Mayweather, he'd have been a beast. I'm, I'm being honest. Uh, Floyd would have got his ass submitted time after time. Time after time. The problem with a boxer is they don't know how to fight off their back. No, I'm saying he should have went to boxing first and put him under Floyd. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If Kimbo would have went to boxing then that would have been a problem for anybody in boxing because, believe it or not, Kimbo can take a punch. Hell yeah, he And all he's going to do is walk forward and throw punches. He's just like Deontay Wilder. A big-headed bitch. <laughs> this guy here. This guy here. Sam, anything you got to say to the people before we burn out this mug, man? I mean, it's been a really weird year overall in 2018, you know, ups, downs, left, rights, all over the place. But we made it. It's time to make 2019 that year because 2020 is not going to let you live normal. I'm telling you not. Shit going to get real in 2020. I don't think 2019 is going to let us live normal. Uh, (laughs) This has been a, a great come up year for me. I went from a small house to a larger house and plan on going to a larger one whenever I can. Um, That's what's up. The family expanded again. I got another grandson. Yep, another darling nephew for me. You know what I'm saying? Old man. Uh, this podcast got off the ground this it year. It did, it did. The Sons of Legend was born in 2018. Yep. And we've had a hell of a year. We've had some great guests, man. It has. These guys have really made this show worth it. Uh, shout out to Kenny. Shout out to Clarissa Hardy, man. Shout out to uh, uh, JP, J. Yeah, Pagliero, Ryan Go. Uh, Teddy the Champ. Uh, let me see. Uh, we've had we had so many great guests. Keisha was on here. Uh, My boy Joe Rodriguez. Joe Rodriguez, man, out of the box wrestling on Facebook. Yep, follow it. Um, Sam Spade has always been a real motherfucker on here. Every always. Time. Gave us it's our, always a pleasure, fellas. Always gave, a pleasure. Sam Spade created our real shit segment. Um. It's it's just been a great year for us, man. And to any other guests that we that we've not mentioned, we appreciate you guys. We appreciate obviously. all the guests that came on here, making the Sons of Legends what it is, man. If it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't even be where we are now. We got a, a faithful listening base, man, and we just. I just want to say thank you to everybody who's been listening to the Sons of Legends, everybody that supported us, everybody who's had our back since day one. Man, um, we appreciate it. We Anything do. you want to say, Gunner? I think you just covered the bases, you know. We're two nobodies, you know, two ordinary everyday Joes before getting onto this podcast. And, you know, this has really helped us get out there and yep. get our opinions out there. We get to help other people get their opinions out there, too. So, right. I really love this Shout show. out to Anchor for making this possible. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
we j- I just had a I I had a wonderful year, dog. A yeah, great it was a pretty year. good year. Really, really good year. It's been an awesome year in wrestling, dog. We had some highs, some lows. WWE is the only place I know of that can make you laugh, make you cry, make you feel something. It gets oh, you out your feet. Church. And church. Hashtag fuck family dollar. There you go. There you go. Yeah. My life is complete now. 2018 is in the past and we look forward to 2019 to more episodes more great wrestling more UFC events and more Sons of Legends oh yeah cause we got big plans for 2019 we're expanding that's right we're, we're planning on getting on YouTube on 2019 mm-hmm. and we're gonna get this thing off the ground more for real more promotions covered here more promotions more postings you know what I'm saying I wanna start putting out some clips of the top 5 on Facebook we plan on doing a lot more things in 2019 to expand the Sons of Legends so much more. And Sam Spade, I hope you along with us for the ride, man. Can't wait. Hey, man, I'm driving. What are you talking about? That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. I'm just a backseat passenger telling you which way to go. There you go. Yeah, Make sure you keep me gassed up. Yeah, you know what I'm up? saying? Uh, thank y'all for listening to the Sons of Legends. We appreciate it. Y'all have a great great New Year's, yeah, man. Happy New Year's, everybody. Happy New Year. Take a shot for me. And we'll see y'all on the next episode. So long.